The following is the English translation of Pastor Moen Wu's teaching on the book of Leviticus, chapters 13 to 14, translated by Bryson. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. Let's take a look at Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. These two chapters in Leviticus are quite special. You'll notice that the verses are particularly long and the leprosy is mentioned. But I haven't contracted leprosy, so why is there so much focus on this in these chapters? And why does this hold such significance in the Bible? What's the underlying meaning? If we simply view it from the perspective of leprosy, it seems to be about severed limbs and disfigured faces. Looking at it through this disease, we might feel these chapters have little relevance to Christians, especially considering modern medicine, where many Christians do not suffer from such disease. However, if you carefully read chapters 13 and 14, you'll realize it's not solely about leprosy. It's about skin diseases in general. If a person with a skin disease is declared clean, they still have to offer the sacrifices, sin offerings, guilt offerings, burnt offerings. If they are declared unclean, then they are deemed guilty. You might wonder, does even a skin condition like acne, hives, or boils count as a sin? Looking back at the sacrifices of the past, which used the skin of bulls and goats, We've mentioned that before that the skin represents glory, honor, and beauty. Human skin is also symbolic of the glory bestowed upon us by God. So the entire chapter 13 tells us that leprosy is actually a manifestation of skin diseases, symbolizing that every person in the eyes of God has leprosy because we all lack the glory of God. Therefore, chapters 13 and 14 are not just about the disease of leprosy. They're telling us how a sinner has lost the glory of God and how step-by-step step they can recover the glorious destiny that God has for their life. So, through chapters 13 and 14, let's pray. God, restore the glory that I had when you originally created me. If there's any misunderstanding within me, if I have been polluted by corruption, or I am not clean, cleanse me, refine me, so that my body, mind, and spirit can live out the glory that I originally had. Now, let's take a look at chapter 13. The chapter starts out, by telling us that leprosy is actually an indication of sin. If you look at verses 45 and 46, you'll find that the leprosy throughout the entire Bible is not really talking about a skin disease, and the Bible is always talking about human sin. In the Bible, there are three important records regarding leprosy. The first one is Miriam. Miriam's leprosy symbolizes her rebellion and judgment. The second one is Gehazi, Elisha's servant. Gehazi getting leprosy symbolizes his greed for money and deceitfulness towards his authorities. The third one is King Uzziah. King Uzziah the king wasn't supposed to perform sacrifices, but he forcibly did so, and so he contracted leprosy. This symbolizes his independence, pride, and self-righteousness. Look at these events described. Today in the whole world, including among Christians, we all have such a condition. So, whether or not someone has leprosy, the first thing is to bring them before the high priest, before Aaron to be judged. The high priest determines whether the person has leprosy or not. After the judgment, the high priest then decides whether the person is clean or unclean. The second thing we need to do in prayer is to say, Lord, I come before you today. As I read chapters 13 and 14, I find it difficult to continue reading this, but one thing I need is to pray for Lord, I want to come before you, just as the leper came before Aaron. Lord, cleanse me in your precious blood. Remove from me all the diseases of leprosy within me. Remove the sin within me that causes me to fall short of your glory, Lord. Lord, 
Cleanse me, forgive me. I long to hear your declaration that I am clean. Please cleanse me with your precious blood. Forgive me, illuminate me, reveal to me whether I have this leprosy within me. How do you determine if a person is leprosy? The first characteristic in verse 3 is whether their hair has turned white or yellow. If the hair on the skin changes color or the entire head of hair changes color, this is the first sign. The second in verse 4 is whether the leprosy is beneath the skin. Is the skin swollen or are there boils underneath? This is beneath the skin, so through touch you can tell if there is swelling beneath the person's skin. The third sign in verse 6 is whether it's spreading on the skin. Is it starting to spread? This is the sinful impact of leprosy. The first characteristic, the hair changing color. So hair is a glory that God has given us. Hair also indicates whether we are healthy or not. When hair changes color, it signifies that we are losing the glory of God in our lives. Externally, it shows if I'm obedient and humble. Does it reveal my pride, my judgment of others, my criticism of others, my indifference or carelessness towards things? This is what hair changing color signifies. The second, internal manifestation. Perhaps they don't speak about it, but internally there's a lot going on inside. We may not express it outwardly, but internally we have disapprovals, criticisms, bitterness, even hatred towards others. Do you see? This is hidden within. The third sign is spreading. Leprosy is contagious, so the disobedience within me, my judgmental attitude, even my anger towards the church, society, or within my family, towards authority figures I'm familiar with, the anger within me, I go around spreading it with everyone with people around me. For example, do you know about this person doing this thing, that thing, and so on and so forth? You don't realize that you have leprosy yourself, and you are spreading it wherever you go. It is spreading on your body. For example, originally I thought about it just for one day, then it turned into two or three days, then five days. The more I thought about the angrier I became, the more I thought about it, the more unwilling I felt. I thought, if I'm not okay with it, it's fine. But then I told my husband, my children, I told my friends, I called others and talked about it. When I interacted with others, I spread this leprosy, this toxic energy in the church, the workplace, even at home. I spread this toxin, this disobedience, judgment, pride, self-righteousness, hidden bitterness, victim mentality. It keeps fermenting inside me, spreading out. This is leprosy. Dear family, we all have a spirit of rebellion inside us, a spirit of self-righteousness. We think we're right, we're self-righteous, we judge what others say, we judge others' actions. Inside, my hurt feelings, low self-esteem, anxiety, shame, turns into that you don't really want to interact with others. We look down at them, we dislike them, we avoid them. It's like leprosy, hair changing colors, swelling underneath the skin. You can see that this person is about to explode, they are swollen, but the person doesn't erupt. Inside, there is bitterness, unforgiveness, and anger hidden inside. There's also spreading. They spread it everywhere, talking about it everywhere, spreading it like leprosy. We need to ask ourselves, do we have this leprosy condition within us in the church, in the marketplace? So chapters 13 and 14 is not talking about leprosy, the disease, but it is talking about sin, how it can come out of someone externally and internally and also spread around. Nowadays in the church, there is still the problem of leprosy. Even among God's sons and daughters, Christians, there's leprosy in us. We need to understand how to come before the high priest, how to come before Jesus to seek the cleansing from his precious blood, to seek his forgiveness, and also to teach us, Lord, how to deal with it. If today I'm someone who always criticizes others, 
if today I'm someone who harbors bitterness inside, if I have feelings of inferiority, insecurity, shame inside, or even pride, rebellion, self-righteousness, indifference inside, we need to come before God and ask Him to cleanse us, completely forgive us, and heal us. The Bible says this is sin. So if you look at verses 19 to 17, even verse 11 says, It is a chronic leprous disease in the skin of his body. What does chronic leprosy mean? It means, in the past I was healed. I was absolved of it. I forgave. I forgave again. I became humble. But after two years or three years, I had compassion for you. I forgave you, but I see no change. I had breakthroughs and I changed, but you are still the same. I put so much effort into it. Is it worth it? Over time, the bitterness within me arises again. What am I putting effort into? Is it worth it for this marriage, for this family, for this job? I paid so much effort into this, but in the end, you haven't changed. What I suggested initially, what I hope to discuss with you for your change, you still haven't changed. The anger inside me rises again. The resentment rises again. The pain inside me rises again. This is what verse 11 talks about. The chronic old leprosy on the skin comes back. Thus he shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. It's not leprosy, but he's still unclean. Ask God to cleanse us, to wash us clean. Now if you look at verse 18 to verse 23, it's all about what goes deeper into the skin, not spreading, but swelling underneath. Look at verse 21, deeper into the skin, which means it penetrates into the deep layers of the skin. Even the hair on it changes, and this person is declared unclean. It is a case of leprous disease that has broken out in the boil. Dear family, do our lives have boils? Inside of us are there things we just can't get past? For example, pain, gloom, depressions, impatience? These are all evident on the skin's surface. We might think these are just expressions of our emotions. We might think, isn't this normal for people? Who doesn't worry or get angry over things? Hasn't everyone lied or felt anxious? Hasn't everyone felt angry? Everyone does. Why is it called sin? It's merely an expression of emotion, right? Chapters 13 and 14 tell us that leprosy is essentially losing the glory of God, lacking His glory. So in every difficulty, I should bring out compassion and God's hope and faith towards these situations. I should find joy in it, exercise self-control, patience, goodness, and honesty towards others. But we think it's just our personal emotional expressions without realizing that in the Bible it tells us that if we don't truly reflect God's original creation in us, all of our reactions and sinfulness is called leprosy. From verse 24 to verse 28, it's kind of like a scar, like a burn, which means like a scar from a fire burn. After a person gets injured, they have memories of the injury. They become cautious when they walk past the same place where they fell before. People who have been deceived become guarded against others. Those who have been hurt in relationships find it hard to trust others. Those who have been cheated become distrustful and lose hope in people. Dear family, this is called being burned. We truly need to pray to God. In 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about what real love is. Love believes all things, is gentle in all things, endures and is patient in all things, and is hopeful in all things. If you've been hurt, how can you believe in all things? If you've been harmed by someone, how can you be patient in all things? If you've lived in extremely painful circumstances, how can you hope in all things? It's difficult to trust in all things. Only when the love of Christ fills us more can this leprosy be continually cleansed. This burn can be healed. The leap penetration into the skin can be thoroughly cleansed. So if you look at verses 12 to 13, this is quite peculiar. 
And if the leprous disease breaks out in the skin so that the leprous disease covers all the skin of the diseased person from head to foot, as far as the priest can see, so then this person is entirely leprous. In verse 13, then the priest shall look, and if the leprous disease has covered all his body, he shall be pronounced him clean of the disease. It is all turned white, and he is clean. It seems like a big bit exaggerated, doesn't it? Just a little change in the skin color, some swelling and spreading are called leprosy, but now that this leprosy has progressed to a certain extent, the whole body is covered in leprosy, and the person is declared clean by the priest, it seems like a case of the pendulum swinging too far, doesn't it? Not really. Here it tells us that when I, as a person, admit that I am a leper with no concealment, when I present myself fully before others, admitting that I am a sinner, a leper, in need of God's healing, when I come before the high priest with no reservations, nothing hidden, then I can receive cleansing. So today, when we confess our sins, even if we didn't realize we were sinful, now that we realize it and once we confess, we are admitting that I am indeed a leper, acknowledging the bitterness and complexity within me, the darkness within me, the corruption, the bitterness, the pain, the distrust towards others, the judgmental attitude towards everything, the cynicism, when you bring all of these before the high priest, Jesus Christ, when he sees that we open up completely to him, his water cleanses us, his blood covers us, and he saves us step by step from the control and injuries of leprosy. Leprosy ca gradually causes our hands to fall off, our feet to be cut off, our noses to fall off, and our ears to fall off. One terrifying aspect of leprosy is, first, it, its contagiousness, and second, it gradually eats away at the person, eventually leading to death. If I don't consider the control and impacts of leprosy on me, they will slowly erode the glory God has bestowed upon me, the destiny he has arranged for me, is calling for me to become a son, a bride, a priest of glory. These will all be gradually eroded by leprosy, one by one. How can such a person with leprosy become a priest? How can a person eroded by leprosy live a normal life? There's no way to glorify God properly in this case. A person with leprosy, how can he become a bride, a son that reigns? So leprosy needs to be taken seriously and dealt with earnestly in our lives. Ask God to cleanse us. How do I do that? If we carefully read chapter 13, we'll notice that the first thing the priest did was to isolate the person. He had to be isolated outside the camp. Dear family, sometimes we need to take some time to isolate ourselves, and sometimes we may need to be locked away. Isolation and confinement. The difference is it happens outside or inside the camp. In our lives, if we find ourselves feeling indignant towards the church, towards our families, or towards the workplace, we need to isolate ourselves in God. Sometimes we need to temporarily remove ourselves from certain environments and let God purify us. Because sometimes, the bitterness within us doesn't dissipate and inevitably, our words become sarcastic, our speech becomes suggestive, and we start speaking with a victim mentality. Our actions slowly start to re reveal a leprous odor among people even if we don't interact with them directly. So, isolate yourselves first. Sometimes spend three days quietly before God. Here in the text it says seven days. Quiet yourselves before God for seven days. Maybe you don't have seven days right now, so spend three days or even just one day quietly before God. It's not just about protecting yourself. It's also about protecting the church, your family, and even the environment where you work. So the first method is to isolate. During this period of isolation, spend time restoring communication with God, 
spend time in silent waiting, spend time repenting, and spend time studying God's words. If you carefully read chapters 13 and 14, you'll see that they are filled with God's wisdom. Isolation means the person is removed from the current environment to be alone with God, not for sacrifices, not through priests, but being alone before God. This is an opportunity for God to personally heal you, an opportunity for God to personally help you. The second method is to remove it. If we go down from the latter half of verse 45 to 46, you'll see the process of purification. The purification and washing has to be done on the clothes. Examination, observation, and if something is impure, it's either burned or washed away. Removal signifies that you must change your current way of life. It's highly likely that leprosy exists in your marriage or in your relationships with others, including with your children. Because you are continually emitting that toxin, your self-righteousness, your arrogance, your selfishness, that's continuously emanating in your marriage and your relationships. Dang. Even in how you teach your spouse or your children, you are continuously instilling in them a set of wrong values, the values of the world. For example, people cannot be trusted, everyone is bad, everyone is out for themselves. You must fight for your rights. You must speak up for yourself. We are constantly imparting to our spouses and children a set of values that don't come from God, values of the kingdom of God. Even in the church or in the workplace, you might have absorbed so much leprosy from others and you can completely assimilate it, contaminating your garments. What are these garments? Your behavior. Your behavior is influenced by these leprous judgments affecting how you teach your children. For example, everyone is bad, no one can be trusted. Even now, there's a prevalent mentality of scamming and deceiving others. Over time, you become more and more worried and fearful. So you tell your children not to trust anyone. You're not teaching them wisdom and judgment, but you're just telling them not to trust anyone. Similarly, our emotions have been previously hurt, so we tend to tell our closest ones not to trust certain people. Some even resort to fortune-telling, saying which zodiac signs our blood types should not be associated with. We've been so polluted by this world. You're leprous, terribly leprous, but you don't feel a thing and you're still out and about. Have you properly isolated yourself? Have you locked yourself away? Have you removed it? Have removing the clothes is crucial. It means changing your behavior. While locked away, I asked the Holy Spirit to illuminate me. What behaviors of mine need to change? My values need to change. Today, too many people like to seek answers from psychology, from emotional intelligence, from fortune-telling, and even from fatalism. For example, my marriage isn't going well. My child doesn't listen to me. I haven't encountered a good boss at work. We treat it as fatalism. I'm just unlucky. It's my fate. I can't find a good spouse, work, position, church, so on. How can I in this situation pray for God to change me, to heal the leprosy within me, to truly change my values, and to change my speech? Lord, heal the scars within me, the memories of past hurts, the memories of past pain, the memories of being emotionally hurt by others, of being deceived, of being mistreated. Lord, heal all of this. Christians should not be indifferent, just attending gatherings as if nothing's wrong. I'll just go to the meeting and I won't care about anyone else, I just won't serve. Many people avoid serving because they've been hurt in the past while serving. Many people don't want to serve God because they see the dark side of the church. Many people don't give offerings because they see some preachers misusing God's money. I've been infected by these leprous influences. You must remove your garments, change your behavior. Offering isn't because of a person. Service isn't because of past memories. My ability to love and trust people wholeheartedly today is because I'm in God. I've been purified and healed. 
This is what chapter 13 talking about leprosy reveals. So we paid the price to deal with our sins, isolation, blocking us away, removing our garments. Essentially, it's about me being quiet before God, facing Him alone, changing my values, and removing my behaviors. In fact, I'm gradually step by step being purified. So when you look at chapter 14, after the discussion of leprosy in chapter 13, chapter 14 shows us a way to approach God. This chapter is something we must learn. Verses 1 and 2 tell us to first go to the priest. But the problem is, I have leprosy, how can I go to the priest? I can't see him. Verse 3 says the priest will come to him. Verse 3, the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall look. Then if the case of leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, verse 4 instructs them to do something. The priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleansed, two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. Do, do you see? Purification. When you're willing to remove your garments, willing to lock yourself away, willing to face God alone, he will come to find us. We're helpless by ourselves. We're like that leper, so weak that we can't save ourselves. Lord, I truly can't save myself. I can only ask you. This is my nature, my corruption, my bad temper, and my insecurity. I can't break free. I can't trust anyone anymore because of my past hurts. I can't trust the church, the pastors, anyone. You need to open your heart. I want to be purified. I want to be free from leprosy. Then pray, God, come find me. As mentioned in verse 3, the high priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall look. Dear family, this is God's love towards us. Lord, come find me. Come find me today. I might have felt lonely for so long. I might have felt like I've been wandering outside the church for so long. No one cares about me. No one knows about the pain inside me. But God, you know. And then you say, God, come find me. And the priest says, Two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. What are these? The birds represent the sin offering and the burnt offering. What does this mean? Lord, bring the life from heaven into me. Change the condition of my eyes from being earthly to heavenly to have a heavenly vision. I always see my wounds, my pain, my past hurts, and others' mistakes, others' darknesses. So, Lord, give me heavenly eyes. I want to see your kingdom, your glory, your beauty, and your goodness. 1. Ask God to give us the heavenly life and heavenly perspective. Second, you can pray to God for cedar wood. Cedar wood in the Bible represents uprightness, cleanliness, and stability. So we ask God, Lord, strengthen my spirit within me. Lord, I'm weak, but let your strength become my strength. Let your power replace my weakness. Let your ability cover my helplessness. Bring this cedar wood into my life so that through your word I can be strengthened. Because of your word, I can stand firm. When you pray to God like this, you won't remain weak. Don't let yourself say, that's just how I am. I'm like this because of the pain and weakness of 5 or 10 years ago. I was hurt by people or my family. I had opportunities, but my father didn't give me a chance. My mother said something that stopped my success. My spouse said something to me. I'm like this because of these people. Instead, ask God to give you the life of cedar wood, a life that can stand for God. I won't look back anymore. I want to stand for God. Lord, support me. Strengthen me. I'm not just tired and out of strength, but I have a cedar wood life. Third, the scarlet yarn, the sign of blood, shows the sign of resurrection life is in me. I have the scarlet yarn, a symbol of blood's cleansing inside of a real rebirth. I can experience being a new creation in Christ every moment of every day. 
Fourth, the hyssop is a very common plant and it symbolizes humility. Give me humility. I am low and humble. I will continually humble myself before you, Lord. I am grateful for every situation. I am thankful for my weakness. Lord, I am a vessel, a broken vessel, but inside this vessel there is treasure. Lord, I am weak. I can't do it. In the body of Christ, I seem to be the one without glory, incomplete. But the Lord says, I will give glory to the weak. I will give power to those without strength. Lord, give me hyssop. Give me scarlet yarn. Give me cedar wood. Give me a heavenly life within me. When you pray to God like this, you will be transformed. The leprous life, the leprous poison, the leprous sin in you will be completely eliminated. Just remember verse 4. There is a person who is seeking cleansing. The key is whether we seek it. The priest instructs people to cleanse. It's God who will do it. It's God who will give you the heavenly perspective. It's God who will give you the life of cedarwood. It's God who will give you the scarlet yarn. It's God who will give you the hyssop. Think about what these four things can do for cleansing. The bird must be slaughtered and the water must be contained in the vessel. The source of living water is in me. You see, the priest took the cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop along with the bird, dipped in the living water, mixed with the bird's blood, and now it's cleansed like this. There's another part. So sprinkle seven times, release another live bird into the field, and then I am alive again. I can soar freely. I can break free. Indeed, psychology has its uses. Emotional intelligence can bring some healing. And even talking to someone can ease your mind a bit. But you know God's solution isn't these. God's solution is you being locked with him. You decide to take off your garments and say, Lord, I want to change my behavior. The priest will instruct people to bring these things to you, smear them with in the bird's blood, mix with living water, sprinkle them on me, and I am cleansed. This isn't sorcery. This is not a method. It's actually telling us that the life of living water is continually flowing within me. I'm just a vessel. When living water springs forth from within me, I have the life of cedar wood. When the live bird is released, I am alive. I don't have a restricted life. I have a heavenly life. I am a life that can soar freely. If your original family was very painful, causing you much resentment, much hurt, maybe your marriage and family relationships also brought you much sorrow, making you feel like there's no hope for the future, if your workplace brings you a lot of pressure and your financial situation fills you with self-doubt and helplessness, making you feel like there's no prospect or joy in the future, then sometimes in such an environment we emit words that are signs of leprosy. We lose the glory of God in us, the joy, the hope, purity, goodness, and patience we should have. We're pressed to the point where we lose the strength to live out the likeness of Christ. This is leprosy. Let's ask God to powerfully cleanse us. Today, truly pray to God. Lord, the life and vision of the bird are heavenly life and heavenly vision. Cedar wood, scarlet yarn, hyssop, and with the living water in the vessel. Sprinkle them on me. Cleanse me. Release me. Let me soar freely in your kingdom. Restore my lost glory, health, honor, joy, and strength to me. This is leprosy being cleansed. Verses 8 and 9. And the priest shall go out, and he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe himself in water, and he should be clean. It's quite a complex process. On the eighth day, I have to offer sacrifices, grain offerings, guilt offerings. It's an inconvenient. After being cleansed, sacrifices have to be made. Sacrifice is to restore us to the intimate connection we should have with God. Take a closer look at verses 12 to 18. 
If you still remember, it's the same thing Aaron the high priest and his sons did when they were anointed. I had a legion of leprosy. I've been cleansed. So why am I offering sacrifices that make it seem like I'm being ordained as a priest? You see, chapters 13 and 14 are reminding us that when a person is completely cleansed from leprosy, God calls them to a position, actually the priesthood. So we should all be priests. So why do we pray earnestly in our lives when facing leprosy? Why do we ask God earnestly for healing? Earnestly for healing? Earnestly for God to completely rid us of these toxins within us? Why? Because we were meant to rise up to be priests. So whether whatever this is discussed afterward, whether it's about sacrifices or maintaining cleanliness in our houses, it's actually about moving from individuals to our families and then expanding to our churches. Today, even within the church, there's leprosy. Can I rise up and fulfill the duty of a priest? When I am restored, it's not just about cleansing myself. After restoring my relationship with God through sacrifice, I can inspect houses. I can see if the house has been tainted by leprosy. This means that in the church, in the workplace, and within the family, I can also bring the power of our priest, cleansing and transforming these places. I can bring about complete restoration under God's name, under God's strategy, back to him, to his glory. The church needs to restore its glory. My family also needs to restore to God's glory. After my personal glory is restored within the church today, we can bravely say, Dear brothers, I hope you can lock away to not say these words anymore. Dear brothers and sisters, I hope you can strip away all these past hurts brought by your original and being families. You need to remove your clothes. You need to change. So what do you do? Lock yourself away. The priest will come near you. The priest will come to purify you. A seeking heart is key. It's about letting God have the opportunity to work freely in you. So today, these two chapters on leprosy are definitely not two chapters we can easily skip over. These two chapters help us to truly live for God today. We can become priests anointed by God. So if in your life today, your upbringing background gives you a lot of feelings of inferiority, shame, your marriage makes you feel helpless, hopeless, and even some things you have done make you live in a sense of guilt, accusations, so that your outward words, your decisions, and even the way you look at yourself and others bring all the wrong perspective, that's leprosy. Encouraging you to read chapters 13 and 14 well. You will receive healing. God really wants to make a change in your life today. He will give you the life of heaven. He will give you the life of cedarwood. We have this crimson thread mark. It's a mark of being purified by the blood. And God will remind us that the more humble we are, the more bowed down we are. We will truly become magnets of God's grace, a magnet of favor, continuously bringing God's favor to us. We will become vessels filled with living water. We will soar freely in the kingdom of God like the phoenix. The hurts, pains, curses, and limitations we face on earth have no part, no power, and no place in our lives. Amen.